When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Tunes and Tumblers by Atwood Magazine. Listening to music is more than just an auditory experience. Tunes and Tumblers explores the way our senses mingle by pairing new and classic albums with cocktail recipes. We invite you to bring out your inner mixologist as we approach the music we love from a unique, immersive, and thoroughly delicious perspective. So put up your feet and enjoy a cold one on us. I am your host, Anthony, and I write a bi-weekly column for Atwood Magazine of the same name, But I found out that drinking and writing about music alone is a very sad business. So I invited a couple of my friends to sit down and drink with me and talk with me about the music that we love. And they're here with me. And they are... Pedro, your mixologist. And Ryan, your music connoisseur. And this week we have a very special guest, a good friend of mine who hopefully has a bit better of a perspective on what we're about to talk about. Why don't you introduce yourself? Um, I'm Alex. It's nice to see you, Alex. Thank you for... Hi, Alex. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Welcome to Drew's living room the in lovely, sunny Burbank, California. Anyway, it's been a little bit of time. Um, I think it's, it's about time for us to catch up because we haven't seen each other in at least three weeks. At least. At right. the very least. <laughs> so what are you listening to? Let's Except go that around. I just saw you on Friday. <laughs> Shh. You're breaking the illusion. So what have you guys been listening to? So let's see. I've been listening to a lot of New Wave recently and uh, stuff from the early 80s and such. And XTC has been on the playlist. Um, uh, The group behind Making Plans for Nigel, Life Begins at the Hop. So digging back in the archives a bit. Seen some old friends. (laughs) You were alive in the early 80s? Um, I like to think I was. (laughs) But I was not, unfortunately. What about you, Pedro? What you been listening to? So a friend of mine um, and his girlfriend, uh, Evan and Dia, they brought to my attention this band called um, Peter Cat Recording Company. Peter Cab? Peter Cat Recording Company. Were they like, oh, your name's Peter. You're going to enjoy this. Honestly, probably. (laughs) But... um, But I checked them out and they're like really good. I checked out their album. It's called Bismillah. And it was released... Um, earlier this year, it was released like in June. Um, and they're kind of trippy. They're from New Delhi and they play like, they play around with like jazz sounds, um, some electro sounds like ambient music. It's just really chill music, very, um, with like a nice classic vocal sound to it. It's, it kind of blew my mind a little bit. I loved it. I loved it a lot. Peter Cat Recording Company. And Alex, if you don't know how this works, anytime a song is mentioned in this podcast, it goes on the accompanying Spotify playlist. Oh, and great. I just mentioned yep. the whole album. Oh, shit. <laughs> Actually, here, I'll, I'll, I'll give you like a specific song. Where the Money Flows was the first one, and it was great. Great. Thanks yeah. for making my job a little bit. You're welcome. <laughs> so, Alex, what have you had on 
on your playlist recently? Um, I literally just started listening to a new artist yesterday <laughs> that my husband showed me called Tones and I. Um, it's it sounds like a band, but it's really just a girl uh, or woman. Um, and just her and some tones. <laughs> yeah, I don't really understand the name. I'll have to do some research later. Um, but she's new. She only has three songs. Like that's that's it. So you can maybe put all three songs on the Spotify playlist. Um, but her single right now is number one in Australia. Um, yeah. And it's really great music. I highly recommend to everyone. What's the vibe? Like, I'm going to throw this on when I am what? Um, well, the name of the song is called Dance Monkey, if that gives you an idea. <laughs> oh, somebody obvious. Yeah. Um, but also her her album art is very like trying to be Billie Eilish. So it's kind of interesting. So oh, already it's getting good, those... it's good for when I'm playing Mahjong with my aunt. But I wouldn't say, I don't listen to her and think, oh, Billie Eilish. I just think her album art is very like, ah, gotcha. someone needs to rebrand her because that's being done. Does, <laughs> does the song resemble Peter Gabriel's Spank the Monkey at all? I have no idea what that is, so I don't know. <laughs> I, I'll tell you this. It's terrific. <laughs> I'll check it out. Shock the monkey. Shock the monkey. I'm sorry. Oh, whoops. I'm not sure Good if that's Lord. better. We're not We're not editing that out, Ryan. It's, that's a sting. You don't have to. Uh, <laughs> I guess I just hear what I want to hear sometimes. But no, it's an old Peter Gabriel one from the 80s, but... Nice. I'm going to check that out. Sounds good. So what have I been listening to? So I, I had a mini freak out recently. Um, since I started writing for Atwood, sometimes I get unsolicited uh, album submissions to my Twitter, which is something I haven't experienced before. And in there, I got a submission from this guy in Dallas who goes by Bometheus. And I kind of just let it sit in my inbox for a while. I told the guy initially, like, yeah, I'm going to check it out. Like, for sure, I'll do like it, like some piece for our weekly roundup for it. And he followed up like several weeks later. And he's like, do you still want to do this? I'm like, yeah, 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 fine, fine. I'll, I'll put this on. I'll listen to it. And I threw it on and just like my world changed. Like this album by this guy who only had at the time like 70 Spotify followers, every single song had less than a thousand listens. It is one of the best albums I've heard in my entire life. Like wow. it's just- That's very high praise coming from you. <laughs> yeah, he, no, he has not stopped talking about it. Yeah, I I immediately hit up these guys and I hit up uh, the our, our editor at Outwood Mitch and I'm just like, I. I was going to do like just a weekly roundup piece that goes in with the rest of the writers, but no, like this guy, like we need to tell everyone about this guy. He is doing some amazing stuff. Like the best way I can describe it is like Andrew Bird, but way stripped down. And he's like singing with the kind of honesty and, and he's just really candid in a way that Elliot Smith was and nothing he tries does not work. It all works. Like I listened to the album like four times in a row and I sent it to the girl that I'm dating. And I was just like, please listen to this. I need a second opinion. She did the same thing. She's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll listen to it eventually. <laughs> and then like she called me back two days later and she's like, I listened to this album three times in a row. Like it's incredible. And I think like, you know, by the time this podcast comes out, my album review will have been up. But and you'll be sick of it. I, w I don't know. I've, I haven't stopped yeah. listening to Does it. Does that happen? <laughs> uh, he on Bometheus on his uh, Instagram was like circling his weekly listener count and it's going up. It's like doubled and tripled in the past three days. And he's like, what's going on? And Spotify 
took one of his songs and put it on one of their big play like big playlists oh yeah so like it's happening it's happening and i think like uh you know I'm, i'm hoping that like this guy can get the exposure he needs because he's really 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 talented and he just came out of college and no one knows about him yet Except he needs money. He, d- I would very much like to get him on this show. Bometheus, Jonathan, if you're listening, like hit us up. Slide in those DMs. DM- I mean, you're really good at that already. <laughs> <laughs> you know what you're doing. <laughs> anyway, so I think like that's an- that's enough of that. Um, who wants to drink and listen to music? Me. Uh, Is that why we're here? I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I know Drew does. That's the only reason he's here. <laughs> He doesn't have a microphone, but but I swear to God, he's nodding his head. He's sitting here in his boxers. Um, hasn't got <laughs> <laughs> literally wow, just woke up. It. <laughs> All right. So, Alex, the way this works is Tunes and Tumblers is a bar. It's our bar, but we still have to pay the piper, so to speak, to get in. So our uh, our bouncer, Gerald Highwater, already knows us by by name and face, hopefully. He doesn't speak a whole lot, but not that he likes any of it. Does he have, does he he have he vision this. problems? Is that part of the, <laughs> the, the character Bible? Or? No, no, he's he doesn't have vision problems. He just doesn't like us. Oh, yeah, that sounds right. I like right. to think people have vision problems when I hear they don't like me. <laughs> <laughs> you just can't. You just can't see right. Look at me. <laughs> Come on. Come on. You'd so, love to see it if you could. <laughs> if you could. Well, Alex, if we're going to get you into the bar, we need to show your ID to Gerald. Oh, have you brought us an yes. ID today? Yeah, like we know, you're, we know you're cool, but... I have, and it's theme for what we're going to talk about, so... So tell us a little bit about, like, your background before we take a look at this thing. Um, um, so I used to tour with bands, um, an artist uh, doing wardrobe, and my husband's a tour manager. It's how we met. Um, I've worked with artists from Black Eyed Peas to Carly Rae Jepsen, Megan Trainer. I mostly work in the pop arena because that's where usually wardrobe comes up as being a thing that needs to be addressed. Um, but yeah, that's kind of addressed. Good one. Exactly. <laughs> you two are going to get along famously. I can tell. So what have you brought for us? What is so I have brought my Panic at the Disco Pray for the Wicked tour pass, which wow. has my photo name and job title on it, but I don't actually work for them. My husband does. Um, so my job title is wife, <laughs> which oh my is pretty amazing. Um, he is also the one who chose the photo to go on it. And when he handed it to me, I was very furious because he put a drunk picture of me with our dog on it. <laughs> to, be, to be fair, I, I took that this Anthony photo. Took, yes. <laughs> we were at a game night and this was definitely like after our third bottle of wine. Oh and I got this picture of Alex holding their little wiener dog. And, you know, I I made it black and white, high contrast to make it look more high fashion. <laughs> so but, that I could put it on my Instagram later. <laughs> That is exactly why I did this. <laughs> Sick bastard. <laughs> but no, no. I Which mean, is take fine a look. for Instagram, but for an ID that's going to get me through, <laughs> you know, the entire tour when I'm visiting on and off. Like, what did he say? He's like, here, here's your ID. I figured this was your truest self. And so I wanted them to recognize you when you got... He didn't know I was drunk in the photo. I was oh. like, how long have we been together <laughs> slash married? This um, does not look like a 
yeah, it doesn't. You don't really look drunk. I, I mean, mean, I guess I don't know. Yeah, like, um, but I feel like if you know me and you look at the photo, you're like, oh yeah, she looks a little out of it. <laughs> it it kind of looks like a painting. Like, it looks like a. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I'm I'm very good at Snapseed. Yeah, the Quaalude Queen. <laughs> the Qua- His Qua- response Qua- was literally queen. just, "You looked really pretty and cute. I thought it was a good picture." <laughs> Can I check this out. <laughs> I was Screw just like, you. I'm drunk <laughs> this looks like um like the the photo they would put on the inside of like a book jacket like <laughs> my hands like rest or my hand my chin's resting on my yes, hand just very, very pensive. pensive yes <laughs> oh watch out these two. Oh man i and hopefully gerald is a panic at the disco fan i mean i imagine he is it's hard not to be these I days if you sign it and give it to him Everyone's a panic fan. You know, I have to say that, um, you know, when they when they hit the scene back in 2005, I didn't think that we'd be 2019 and they're probably the last bankable rock band in the world next to Imagine whoa, Dragons. Whoa, whoa. But okay, we know okay. bankable rock band. We already know what we're going to talk about this episode, Anthony. Don't start. <laughs> they're the, Ryan, I mean, I they're the only ones that. coming out with new music that charts. I'm as gonna, a rock band. Uh, I'm going to disagree with that only because I don't consider them true. a rock band anymore. <laughs> oh, God. I will see myself out. You've already had too much. They're not going to let you into the bar, Anthony. <laughs> I think they've done, or he, it's, they, we say they because it sounds weird, but it's Brendan Urie. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like, um, they've definitely crossed into pop. Like, I don't really view him as a rock like band anymore. Preach. Yeah. Not in a bad way. No, no, it's not at all. Like a, but, he's evolved yeah. past just being like when we were listening to Emo Rock. <laughs> he's not just a moody kid anymore. Yeah, wearing eyeliner. So does she so he she has to sign that and give it to Gerald? Is that what you said to get us in? She has to show that to Gerald and he's gotta decide whether he might or not this keep works. It. Why do we keep coming back to this place? <laughs> <laughs> um, which I would just also like to say for those who clearly cannot see this because it's a podcast, um, the front of the pass, our friend Zach picks a different photo for each pass that he creates himself that's always whimsical and fun. Usually pretty dark and weird. Last tours was a handmaid's tale photo. Ooh, um, very dark. And th- yeah, this is a photo from um Pulp Fiction. So oh, yeah. Oh, is that Mia? So this is like a limited series sort of thing um and he they do a thing called house of memories if you get the vip package at their shows now where you can go through a panic museum and he puts all the tour passes in the museum case now so you can see them once they're done you cannot share them while they're currently being used because then people will try and copy them and stick into shows like crazy people fun fact i got yelled at for that once um what did you do oh so i i I work a lot of tours too but more in a technical capacity like i do behind the scenes videos i do um sound for interviews like basically all the marketing stuff that the the venue needs to like keep the show going next year um and i definitely at one show was like bragging on my story like look at me in my past and then my (laughs) my my production manager who follows me on instagram is like anthony take this down (laughs) (laughs) immediately you will be burned at the stake (laughs) and with how much you post on your story the people above you must be like just stressed out all the time (laughs) i like to think that i have better self-awareness in my old age about what is acceptable to post and not one can only hope well, I run the t- uh, the Tunes and Tumblers Instagram. I co-run it with with Pedro, and um, I've definitely gotten to a point where I have to run things by him before I post them. <laughs> yeah, I always get asked by like my friends, like who who did this one? <laughs> <laughs> if it's weird, it's probably me. Probably. Probably. Well, if Gerald was upset by that pass, he certainly didn't show it. 
But then again, he probably hasn't noticed us. He's a hard read. Someone made a pass out. Oh, the pass. That <laughs> pass. Got it. It was me. I made a pass out. It does not have my birthday on it. So he's just going to have to trust that I'm over 21. I am frankly surprised that Burbank hasn't shut this place down yet. <laughs> I'm surprised we haven't been banned yet. <laughs> I'm, I'm shocked. <laughs> <laughs> this might be it for us. Well, we're in here. It looks the same as always. Uh, Ryan, let's throw some music on the jukebox and make this less awkward, please. Okay. Well, today we are, well, so we're going to throw it on the jukebox and on the overhead projector because we are listening and watching the seminal 1984 concert film, Final Transmission from the group Test Pattern. Just kidding. We're listening <laughs> to, uh, that's the documentary now uh, name. If you guys know that reference, we're listening to Stop Making Sense, the 1984 concert film directed by Jonathan Demi, featuring the talking heads, who we all know and love. You know, the funny thing about that is that I've seen Final Transmission several times. <laughs> and this, once we decided to do this, this was the first time I've ever seen Stop Making Sense. Like I had all of the, like... Uh, all of the visual language for that from the documentary now spoof, but I just never put two and two together. I'm like, oh, it's it's this it's the fun thing that Fred Armisen did with with Bill Hader. But yeah, I, I don't know. It's the equivalent of hearing like a Weird Al song before you hear the original like pop <laughs> and then liking it more than the original. <laughs> yeah. I like the Weird Al one better, don't I? <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and get that projector all set up. And in the meantime, Pedro, are you making us some drinks? Yeah, let me go. Uh, let me let me let me run this down for you real quick. doesn't matter. You're going to drink whatever I make you. It's true. So this film, this this performance, very stripped down, very simple. And yet, like you said, very influential, right? Very impactful. Um, so there's a lot going on in it. And at the same time, it's it's very stripped down. So I wanted to make something that does not look that interesting, to be honest. And I also wanted to make something that mimics the gray suit that I love that he wears. So what we have, I'm calling it a kiss kiss because anyone who sees it is going to be like, what the fuck is that? So that's what I'm calling it. And it has this gray color to it. And what's in it is um, it's two kinds of liqueur. One is called a parfait amour. It's a French liqueur. And it's got all kinds of notes, like sweet notes. It's very smooth. It's got a little bit of rose, vanilla, sort of hints of sugared almonds in it. Um, and then we put that with some limoncello, which is like a very tart lemon flavor. And I put purple and yellow together because I think on the color spectrum, when you put those together, they tend to make gray. So I brought those together. And then I threw some almond milk in it. It's nice and silky. It's smooth. It keeps it light and refreshing. So all this together makes a gray drink that you cannot tell what's going on. But once you drink it, it's got a lot of really bright notes to it. Um, it's fruity. We It was described pretty accurately as like the um, milk after cereal. <laughs> after you have your cereal, like a really good cereal, which it totally does taste like that. It's delicious. Um, so yeah, that's what we're drinking today. Something simple with uh, some surprising elements to it. And it's definitely like more than meets the eye. Brilliant. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely surprised. Uh, but before I take a sip, I think uh, a toast is in order. Cheers, Indeed. everyone. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, that is delicious. I love it. You are welcome. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting because it, it kind of mirrors. It's great that you did it that way because certain notes come out like what you're talking about. Like it almost like certain things become more apparent, almost like it's building sort of how the concert does. Like... David Byrne just keeps putting on more layers of clothing throughout it. He puts the suit, then he puts on the glasses, and then 
Yeah. Well, so. then he also has like band members and stuff, right? Like pieces, yeah. pieces keep coming out. So that's sort of, yeah, that was definitely the biggest part of it that stuck out to me that I used to sort of make a drink. And to appreciate the brilliance of the name, you, you, you must know the song Psycho Killer. Oh. So if you haven't heard it, give yeah. a listen. It's going on the playlist. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> Well, I, I think I want to open this up just by coming back to a quote that I read all three of you earlier this week. Um, I read a piece in Wired that was kind of like a retrospective um, on Stop Making Sense and about why it's still pretty much the premier uh, concert documentary ever made and about how artists, even in the pop world today, are trying to imitate it. And what they said was uh, that years later, David Byrne said that the goal of this documentary was to show how a concert gets made even while it's happening. And we see that where he walks out and it's by, he's by himself, just sets down a boombox and acoustically plays psycho killer. And as we go, we just see stagehands start to build um, little platforms and, and more people come out and join them. It's like it's coming together before our eyes. Um, and I thought that was like a very interesting perspective because a lot of the times you don't see the, the strings, so to speak. So, Alex, you've been working on tours your entire adult life. Is that right? Uh, not entire, but like close to. Yeah. <laughs> so you've seen the process happen from like start to finish, right? Yeah. So many times. Let's say, <laughs> let's say I'm an artist and I'm starting to get big. I got a little bit of money. I want to start putting on like a visual thing. Uh, with my show like how does one go about that I mean that, that's kind of an open question but just like it depends on you as an artist first there are different ways to do it there are artists who are super involved who it's like their image and what they want to see as like their branding I guess or their show but then there's artists who hire a creative director and they make the show um, and kind of just get the artist's opinion along the way I would say um, it kind of depends on like how creative a person you are, I think, in all aspects. Mm -hmm. um, I've seen both. So, yeah, it's just kind of your level of involvement or obsession, I would say sometimes. <laughs> I mean, I've been to a lot of shows in my life and I've seen everything from just like, I mean, I think a good example of this, a, a modern rock band, um, I've seen Muse several times and in different capacities. I've seen them on a festival stage where it's just the three of them and they just have, you know, a screen behind them. But I've also seen their multimedia show, like when they did their, uh, um, their second law tour where they have like lasers and like s platforms and, and like, just all of these set pieces. And um, I don't know. I think it's like, what was my point? Fucking hell. I mean, I'm just going to say. I've seen Muse. I, I've, seen, yeah. <laughs> I've seen Muse as well. I saw their last tour that came through town. Um, and it was unlike anything I've ever seen. Like if we're talking about the talking heads, how they change the game in terms of a rock band, like performing a concert, I think Muse does that in our modern generation. Like they have dancers, like what, like what you go to a rock concert, like literally like a rock band, you don't expect to see dancers like but somehow they make it work in their own weird way the dancers are like crawling from the ceiling dressed as like amoeba like strange things are happening i call them more like performers i guess than dancers in the traditional sense um also it was an amazing show because everywhere else in the world besides america it's a stadium show basically and here they do arenas so we basically got a stadium show inside a tiny arena in comparison mm -hmm. um was that the palladium uh 
No, it was at uh, the Forum. Ah. So it's kind of like the, at the end they have this like giant like skeleton weird man who like alien who like blows up and is like literally like the entire size of like the stage and the to the ceiling oh of the gosh. arena that's like clawing at the audience and you're that's just like <laughs> like on a, at a stadium level it'd be like this tiny dot in the distance basically but in an arena you're like oh that thing's very large <laughs> <laughs> should we run yeah and it's it's a whole new experience they really take that essence of like what I like my world of like pop and they make it work in their own world which is really amazing so do you look at like the like the runners and all the the requirements for all that for these shows like have you like when you're putting on a show do you see all the requirements and the things that have to happen my husband deals a lot more with that side of it i'm more like the the tier who's giving him my list of things that i need essentially of like i need this amount of cases i need you know this amount of people every night for a local hire or you know i need to hire an assistant like um stuff like that he a tour manager deals with more of like the and a production manager um they kind of like tag team in terms of like personnel and hirings and stuff like that part of that that wired piece that i was reading was talking about how like yeah this isn't the first concert documentary we ever got in and stop making sense but it's the the one that kind of um changed what people were expecting to see visually like before then you would just have documentaries of like a band like led zeppelin where it's just about the performance you know we've got like our wide shot we've got some tights and it's just riding on the fact that this is a band who knows how to perform and like just the um the power of the music is going to propel it but we got something different here like this seems very curated from start to finish and even the shots that Demi chooses, like um, I noticed there aren't a whole lot of crowd reaction shots and everything seems really intimate. Like we're on stage with the band and they're kind of taking us on like this visual journey. Um, and, and I don't know, I, I feel like that kind of informs like a lot of what we're seeing now. Like they, when I go to a show, they, they want you to feel like you're, you're there and you're like part of it. Yeah, that's why we have live feed cameras. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh yeah, their title. I was at a music festival yesterday working it, and um, they uh, uh, like title was doing the uh, the live stream, and oh my god, they were they were cracking down hard on who was allowed to be anywhere. Like they were just like, we don't want to see you. Like we're just doing like we have we have ten cameras on stage, and we don't want to see any of the wires. It was weird. I want to see the wires. <laughs> I but love yeah. seeing the wires. I love seeing when they mess up, like in uh, Reputation, the Netflix special. <laughs> you, you can tell they filmed it over multiple nights because the wires on her piano move. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, oh, interesting. Yeah, it's hilarious to me. But <laughs> that, yeah, I like I like what you said about the crowd shots. I think they're really only at the beginning and at the end. Mm-hmm. Like you maybe see one brief one, and their whole thing I think was they wanted it to be like you had the viewer had the best seat in the house and the best seat in the house is not looking at the audience constantly or getting a zoom in of somebody playing the guitar solo, like in the right. Led Zeppelin thing, you know, even then like with the crowd, you get like silhouettes and like very dark, like shadow. You can, you can't you really can see, see anyone. Yeah. You know that they're there, but yeah. Uh, one of my favorite shots in this entire film is at the very beginning when Byrne is just on stage with his guitar playing Psycho Killer and we see him from behind and we see the outline of like the curtains and then we just see barely the front row and then it's just darkness in front of him. Like he's just dwarfed by by the size. Like he's just this tiny little man doing his thing in the midst of it all. But then it grows. It's like a, It's like you're watching a tree 
<laughs> sprout <laughs> and blossom into a giant talking heads experience. And I think it's more than even just, you know, the actual show growing it. It sort of seems like a narrative of like the talking head, like the project, the talking heads itself, right? Starting somewhere and just slowly getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And I, I like, there's not, I mean, there's, there's visuals, but the visuals are very like, he chooses his moments to make something visually important. And like, it stuck out way more because there was so much less going on behind him. Right. It was just a stage, a band and like a lamp would appear or he'd be wearing a big suit or like there'd be words popping up in the back or he'd be running around. All that stuff was way more important because there was less flash um, with everything else. And there's so much movement. Yeah. Like as it gets going, everyone is... Okay, they're the most in-shape band of all time. Dude, their cardio is ridiculous. He sounds amazing. Like They're like Bruno Mars. <laughs> yeah. Like all those people... The I, entire band, is each like one is moving. a Yeah, Bruno I Mars. saw them blood over la- the 24 Karat Tour and literally his, you know, every person on stage has choreography. Just like going at wow. it just like this. But it takes months of practice. Like I'd be really interested to know how much the talking heads rehearsed for this and they had their hands very involved in this they um they were the ones who raised the money to make this they worked oh, very yeah. oh yeah so their savings when yep. their savings for it yeah like w- 1.2 million or something like yeah. that from their savings Woo. like went into this paid off yeah they and made five something million or something right yeah for what for the movie they put like one something into it and made five Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, like, good investment on their part. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Great investment. On the, if you guys get the DVD version of this, there are extras and there's the storyboards that David made. Oh, that's tight. And they're very fun. They have, and they, you can watch it with, it's like a very old school DVD menu thing where it's like, watch with David Burns notes. Turn (laughs) on or off. And if you turn it on, it's like very, like, you know, it's very direct, but then you see there will be references to the dances that he's going to do in each one. That's cool. And he has a name for each dance. <laughs> of course he does. And I wrote some of them down because it's so funny. So if you guys haven't seen this, which you must see it, um, it is required viewing and listening. <laughs> and it's uh, on Amazon Prime Video, and we will put a link there so you have no excuse. That is true. And they, but yeah, the DVD. So basically, if you haven't seen this, David Burns dancing is very, it's like a lot of odd movements very strange dance i mean it's compelling it's incredible to look at so he had but he had all of this planned out and like you said there was i'm sure there was like at least a month of planning all this but some of the the notes were the um first one is slippery people and it's him david does a duck dance during instrumental break (laughs) next one is david does a knock knee dance jogging dance Indian shake dance, possession dance. Possession? Is that <laughs> Vibration. the lamp one? I think it, no, I think it's, um, oh, which one is it? There's one where he's on the ground. Life during wartime, he's on the ground. He's also, he does a lot in that he one. That one's, that one's, a, really long, that one's a really long performance. <laughs> and then hits himself like Ernest Angley heals people. Because <laughs> I guess like a preacher or whatever. Yeah. And then he w- the wiggle and then the leaning back dance. <laughs> The leaning back. The leaning back dance. brought back by Fat Joe in the <laughs> early 2000s. <laughs> I'd be interested to know if Fat Joe was influenced by the talking heads. Clearly. <laughs> no, it's really funny you say that though, like how planned out everything was, because there's never a moment where it seems rigid and like it's obviously choreographed, 
but it all flows like so effortlessly, and especially like the crazy dances he does. The fact that he planned that out is like nuts to me because it he, he really sells sells it as just sort of being taken over by the music and sort of just performing and being in it. So when I was doing research for this, I tracked down the original review written by Roger Ebert when this film came out. And this one quote really stuck with me that I think pertains to what we're talking about. He wrote, watching the talking heads in concert is a little like rock and roll crossed with Jane Fonda's workout. <laughs> that is spot on. Hmm. I was exhausted watching this. <laughs> yeah. My heart rate was up. Yeah. I, have a, I had a friend from college who used to work out to this. Like he would work out to this movie. He'd work out for the entire... Dur no. Uh, but he... <laughs> yeah. Did he like it? Did Roger Ebert like it? Yeah, three and a half out of four. Oh wow! I mean, there's always room for improvement, right? Yes, <laughs> I'm. I'm going to say right now, from a like wardrobe perspective, it drives me insane that the drummer starts off in a teal shirt and everyone else is wearing gray, and then halfway through the show, he changes into a gray shirt. That was like, that was weird. Oh. That was weird. I was just like, why? <laughs> That's a good. I did not catch that. Wow. Like interesting. Literally everyone on stage, the background, everything is gray except for his teal shirt. Oh but then gosh. he does change into a gray shirt. Like why wouldn't you just always wear the What's gray funny shirt? is like when I when I saw that and like when it started, I was like my only thought was like, whoa, fucking drummers. <laughs> <laughs> that was my thought too, because drummers always wear like the weirdest shit. <laughs> like, yeah, they're they're like they're their own thing. They are. Not in a bad way. They're moving a a ton and sweating profusely but like why just i i have so many <laughs> like it just it's like one of those things that just like bugs me alex has notes <laughs> After, <yeah. laughs> i do okay, i have then, notes um, the yeah they're like well what's so funny about that so apparently i read an interview where it was like years later they interviewed chris um what is it chris wentz chris is that the whatever it is yeah and he was like yeah so david told us they didn't know he was going to do the suit apparently oh so yeah. he was like david said i don't want anyone to really stand out so everyone wear the the neutral neutral colors and then he comes out with the ginormous <laughs> suit <laughs> which must have been funny for the band to, to see i'd imagine well i mean the cover of this dvd is him in the giant suit so i really want that suit it's, it's an icon it's interesting. Suits dope. <laughs> it's a choice. It's, it's a choice. It's a Luke. <laughs> but I mean, that's what everyone thinks of. And I think that some of the genius of documentary now and the spoof of this um, is just the way that they capture kind of the eccentricity of the talking heads. I mean, it's clear that they love this band and it's clear that they love this documentary, that they're able to point to such specific things when they're making fun of it. Like they, they do the suit, they do the walkout, but instead of setting down a boombox, Fred Armisen as David Byrne sits down like a little toy robot that starts <laughs> dancing around. And even when they're singing these songs, they're, they're singing these songs that like where the lyrics sound so banal, like this is my street. That's the mailbox. There goes the school bus. <laughs> they do like this this song that's kind of an earworm. Like it's art plus student equals poor. <laughs> art plus student equals fun. And it's just like, you know, if you listen to the talking heads, sometimes the lyrics do sound like that mundane. And but it's it's not this like this. It kind of points to um, deeper subject matter. The, the more you dig. But right. like you it's. My point is that Fred Armisen and Bill Hader know what they're doing. Like they clearly <laughs> love documentary filmmaking and they clearly love this. 
And as soon as I saw Stop Making Sense for the first time after watching Final Transmission for the fourth time, I'm like, oh, this is what they were trying to do. Like, it became much more apparent what I was looking for. So is there anything else that you noticed in this besides the teal shirt? That... Um, also, the what backup singers do a different? quick change, and I don't know why. Oh, yeah. Oh, they leave for a little bit, right? And they come back in the same different outfit. <laughs> same different outfit, yeah. Like, it's basically the same outfit, but they're different. Like, and I don't really know why. Isn't it, yeah, they're like in t-shirts in the beginning, right? They're in t-shirts second. In the, in the beginning, one of them has like buttons on her shirt, and they're but then they change into like plain no button sh- <laughs> like i don't it's still all gray <laughs> like, why <laughs> i just need to know why <laughs> like i have so many questions <laughs> um but yeah i mean i was also thinking about like you know where you're talking about how like you know they want you to feel like you're in the concert but the whole time i was watching it i was thinking like i bet watching the dvd is better than if i'd been there because if you'd been there, there was no, you weren't seeing anything close up. You were seeing everything from a distance really far back if you're not, you know, rows A through G. So like, I think you probably missed a lot like that, that one roadie coming through who's a, who's a light, like lighting them all up. I bet if you're just watching the, you know, him the whole time seeing running around the stage like you don't see that guy walking through because you're not being directed towards it like when the camera goes and shows you what he's doing you know like I, there's yeah. a ton of stuff in concerts that you miss because you're watching the lead singer of whoever it is and that's how roadies get away with doing their job essentially <laughs> they just like run all over stage doing what they need to do because you're concentrated on who you're supposed to be watching to be honest they're magicians yeah so <laughs> magic, magic yeah it's it's misdirection So this was shot after four performances at the Pantages Theater in Hollywood. So they're compiling four different performances into what we're seeing. But also, if you're there, like I've been to the Pantages, there are no Megatrons. Like you are, if you're like up in the nosebleeds, you're hardly seeing anything. And um, I think like the only people who really like could see the way that... Demi and and Byrne intended you to see is if you were like right at the very front. And even then we're still, we're still even getting like a microscopes view beyond that. Like, I love this shot where you like start on the drummer and then it just, uh, racks focus through to the keyboardist and then the guitar player and then all the way back again, yeah. like yeah. D- depending on where the focus is in the song, like that's genius to me i actually love the shot in the very beginning it was the most audience feel to me because it was it started on his feet and that's all you could see and if you're in the first row that's all you're looking at yeah. <laughs> is his feet <laughs> and you're like staring up like when you're in a movie theater and you're sitting in the front row with your neck like oh <laughs> and they charge an arm and a leg for those seats they do they're uh Unless it's a Kid Rock show where you can bid. You pay $5 and do a bidding to get in the front row. Really? Isn't <laughs> oh, he yeah. just at the fair? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I was at a... Oh, God, who was it? Um, uh, oh, my God, I'm totally blanking. Um, Elton John? No. <laughs> no, no. Um, ben but Folds. You're on the right track, though. Billy uh, Joel. Billy Joel. <laughs> Stevie Wonder Ben Folds. <laughs> You're on the right track. You're on the right track. <laughs> I met with Elton John. Old and blind. <laughs>
Don't cut this, Drew. <laughs> you were at a Billy. I was at a Billy Joel concert at um, the Hollywood Bowl, and I kid you not, out of nowhere, his tour manager walked up to me, and my friend was like, "Hey, you want second row seats?" And then walked away. <laughs> like. <laughs> Wow. Please come to the show. It was amazing. Well, we were already in. We are, we had other tickets, but I think so whenever you're, you're an artist and you do shows, you always have a list of friends and family and, you know, agents and whoever who come to your show and your tour manager sets aside those tickets. Gotcha. They don't show up. Those t- tickets go to waste. So I think he was just like, well, I'm going to make some fans really lucky. Mm. And he just went and gave them away because the people mm. weren't showing up. Or it might be optics, too, if they're filming the show and they don't want to see those empty seats and yeah. they'd rather like an attractive young woman be sitting there in the front to see Billy Joel. <laughs> Is he I putting mean, out a lot of DVDs these days? I don't think so. <laughs> he literally was like at the end was like, yeah, there's going to be no encore because I'm old and I'm going home. <laughs> you said that? Yeah. <laughs> Did stars pick like, him up for like night. a concert special? <laughs> <laughs> it's like that... Uh... <laughs> It's like that Spinal Tap episode of The Simpsons where they everything goes wrong at the show and then like at the very end they're like good night Springton there will be no encores and they slip, <laughs> they slip on like water that was supposed to be fog like going out <laughs> like their fog machine was broken and there was just water all over the stage Oh that's so good Which that's also becoming a trend weird side note that more and more artists aren't doing encores anymore you know what? Really? Good. Why do you Make think it that? more of a surprise. Why do you think that is? Um, I think it's because encores are fake. Like, oh, yeah. For anyone who, I'm sorry, Santa Claus is also not real. <laughs> encores are fake. They're going to come out anyway. <laughs> like yeah. You cheering did nothing. I'm sorry, <laughs> nothing. audience. <laughs> it's been planned since the tour was planned. Like, there's video content. There's things. Like, yeah. they know exactly what songs they're doing for an encore. Weird. They didn't play their biggest two hits. I know. <laughs> That's so odd. So I think artists now are just kind of like, like, why do it? Like, let's just like plan the show the way we want to plan it. And then when it ends, turn the lights on, people will go home. Like, it's not a real thing anymore because th- it isn't a thing of like, you know, rock bands who have no lights or anything behind them who could just like come out and like jam like three songs because they feel like it. Like, that's not really a thing anymore. Like you could, but it's not something I necessarily want to pay to see. Mm-hmm. So. I, I like it. Have you, ever, have you ever seen a band like ask the crowd what they want to hear and then actually play it? That's fun. I like when bands do that. What like example? Like I'm not re- sure I've ever seen that. My friend saw Real Big Fish and oh, he nice. wrote my friend wrote down a song he wanted and he goes, What is that? Here, give me that. Oh, we haven't done that one in a while. Let's do it. And they just played it on the spot. They're a lot of fun. It's a good you love to see it. You love to see it. <laughs> um, but I'd like to see the encore die. I'm glad to hear that because it really is a whole silly charade that you just feel kind of like it's time. Okay, just come on. Yeah, yeah. which it's really like it's just going. a chance for them to like towel off and get some water. Yeah, like but they can do that on stage. They do it all show long. So. Yeah, I mean, just make it another act break. Like build up a little bit of suspense. Maybe you're doing a costume change. Maybe I don't know. I, I always feel a little bit cheated when like the lights are going out and everyone's like, you think they're going to come back? I'm like, obviously they're coming back. <laughs> they have like that subsonic tone playing in the background, like revving it up. And I'm just like, the yeah, instruments cool. are still on stage. Yeah. I've definitely also, been in... the house lights aren't on. <laughs> I've definitely been in crowds where like, it's really clear. Everyone's just like waiting for the encore and like, no one's going to cheer. We're, we're very tired. <laughs> just come out and do it. <laughs> just, just let's get this over. With. Oh, we're getting old, everyone. 
I know. Do we like it when artists are honest about when they're brutally honest about what they're doing? Like Billy Joel saying, yeah, I got to take my pills. So there's not going to yes. be an encore. Absolutely. Sure. I loved it. I laughed he's human so too. hard. Well, he's like 70. Like he already played like a 90 minute show. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. You come give on. It to him, poor guy. And he was, by the way, <laughs> on fire still. Like, you know, he like was always one of the performers who was like swinging his mic stand and like doing crazy shit with his legs. He still did it. Like he's got, yeah, he's got the gams still. (laughs) (laughs) Him and Tina Turner. (laughs) Yeah. Like he was, uh, he was doing it. I was really impressed. He also performs with no uh, inner ears, which was really impressive. Really? Mm -hmm. Old school. I can't even perform without inner ears. (laughs) You can't. My normal date. Wait, what are, what are those for the folks at home who don't know? Oh, there you go. Um, so for those who don't know at home, if you've ever watched an artist at a, uh, you know, award show or live performance and they have weird what looks like gum in their ears, um, it's so they can hear themselves singing. Um, the crowd is usually so loud and the instruments are playing towards the crowd. So you can't hear beat or rhythm if you aren't singing with inner ears so all of the there's actually a person on tour whose job it is to feed the instruments back into your ears so you can hear what you're playing or singing uh. yeah because otherwise you will be tone deaf in bed <laughs> this has been a teachable moment by yes. alex which even if you stand side stage at a concert fun fact you still will not hear the show the same way because everything is playing out towards the audience mm. it will you'll it, you'll hear the music obviously because it's so loud but it sounds like it's like coming through a tunnel almost and it's not it's just not right <laughs> <laughs> it ain't, that ain't right not yeah. fun <laughs> yeah um so your friend carly was in town recently and i got to go see her and um the like where we saw it i think is probably like the best place sonically to hear a show like we're the well turn yeah well for, yes for those la people <laughs> so are we but, i mean like we were at front of house so we're, oh we're at gotcha. the, yes yes so which is why front of house is where it is in a venue fun fact mm-hmm. because it is the best sounding point in the room and you want your audio guys to make sure that they're hearing everything properly anyway another teachable moment yes these are the teachable moments by Anth- Anthony and Alex. Yeah, Anthony has his mansplaining moments of the episodes. <laughs> Thank you for taking them from me. It was becoming a thing. Well, I don't know that those are mansplaining. It's more of like, this is how a show gets made. Fun facts. Mm. I mean, yeah, I don't I don't know most of the stuff, you know, so I'm, uh, I'm happy to be here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just really honored to be here. <laughs> I mean, there are there's things you don't think about if you're just an audience member. Now... Being on the inside of shows, me and my husband literally can't go to a show without judging it, which is kind of hard sometimes, especially my husband. He literally, when we go to shows, will just stand there with his arms crossed without cracking a smile like the entire show. And you're just like, at the end, like, did you like it? And he's like, oh, yeah, it was great. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, wasn't sure. So anyone listening, you better appreciate the next time you go to a live show, all the work that goes into it. It is a lot. And if you can get my husband to dance, you're an amazing artist. Oh, wow. Parentheses, Betty Who. Challenge for uh, Atwood Magazine favorite, Betty Who. Yes, she actually got my husband to dance at her concert. (laughs) Oh, shit. High praise. All right, well, challenge to nobody. It's already done. (laughs) (laughs) On that note, I think it's time (laughs) for us to transition so, Alex, we're about to play a game with you. It's our favorite game to play, and we play it at the end of every podcast. This sounds 
this sounds creepy yeah, too. Yeah, I was going to say that too. <laughs> Want to play a game? It's even weirder because like we've like, only stop. had women on the podcast. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> You're over 16, right? <laughs> 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 hashtag me too. Hashtag mood. Um, so hashtag mood is a game where before you, you will see our lovely unofficial uh, fourth member of the podcast her name is mrs potts mm -hmm. um she was created uh by a an 11 year old mad scientist in his room um sure she is what happens when we try to play god uh but <laughs> <laughs> nobody stopped to, to think if they should <laughs> <laughs> mrs potts has a very important job though inside of her are a bunch of different mood prompts so what we do is we go around the circle, each person pulls out a mood prompt, and they have to use that to create a playlist of four songs. Yep. <laughs> Who wants to go first? Someone, someone want to show Alex how it's done? I'll go. Yes. Oh, no. An alt-right commentator who shares your name just got really racist on Twitter. <laughs> and everyone is blaming you. You need a damage control playlist. Oh, <laughs> I'm so glad you That's pulled that one. Okay. <laughs> All right. Why do I keep getting tweeted at? <laughs> he got... <laughs> I got so tweeted by Taylor Swift. I'm getting tweeted at by people I don't know. All right. Give this me. is funny because there's a guy who we went to school with named Matt Walsh, and there's a really awful guy named Matt Walsh who writes for Breitbart. <laughs> and Matt is constantly like, please stop sending me these tweets. <laughs> All right, give me a second here. Yeah, Jeffrey Epstein on Twitter right now is not oh having a good... God. Jeffrey Epstein in Ohio is not having a good day. <laughs> good week. Okay, so for this, um, I obviously have a lot of Twitter problems and I should get off Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> so the first one uh, for this is... It wasn't me, but Shaggy. Because <laughs> it wasn't me. Right. And I'm going to continue trying to convince people that it's an imposter by Oingo Boingo. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Obviously, though, it's not working. Nobody believes me. And it's too late to apologize by One Republic. Ooh. So all I can do now is convince everyone that I'm still growing, that I'm going to be better, and that I'm, I'm looking at The Man in the Mirror by Michael Jackson. And I'm asking him to change his ways. What a journey. So you're conceding to these. Yeah. Like there's maybe. The, uh, there's, what, what else can you do to this fucking beast that's out there? So I have to make my my YouTube apology video a la James Charles and just bite the bullet. You know, you're a lot like my childhood dog who when one of the other dogs would shit on the ground, he would be the one to go like in the kennel and take the punishment. But everyone likes a comeback story. <laughs> so this is sort of my angle. <laughs> He was onto something, that dog of yours. <laughs> he was way he was way ahead of his time. Mm -hmm. Sounds like he was a masochist to me. <laughs> <laughs> wow, right. that's a good one. Very good. Alex, do you want to go next? Yeah. Sure. All right. Alex is uh, stepping I'm, up, stepping in. Might be really bad at this. Okay. Your best friend just got dumped. Time to call in sick to work and take them on a bestie road trip. What's playing in the car? Mm. This is actually very easy for oh, me yeah. because all I have to think about is my best friend and our childhood, which is great. <laughs> um, so my first song I'm going to choose is from me and my best friend's favorite, favorite childhood band because you cannot go wrong with some sync. And yes. clearly she needs to tell him bye, bye, bye. Ooh, okay. <laughs> Starting like off that. strong. Starting off strong. I mean, you can't go wrong with bye bye hey, bye. Hey. There's there's a dance. We know it's it's a good time in the car. Exactly. 
Um, then we're going to switch it to uh, a high school fave of ours, Ace of Base. Don't turn around because she shouldn't. <laughs> um, next, because this is what we're doing, and also another high school fave, Jesse McCartney's Leaving. Oh, wow. <laughs> is that the one that's like. Dun. Yes. I don't know why, but our senior year of high school, we were just like weirdly obsessed with this song, probably because it was the best song to drive to, you know, put the windows down and you just kind of like do this while you're driving. Uh, Alex is bouncing on the sofa Wait. right now. Do you do that while you're driving? <laughs> you're doing it wrong. You can't have the King Cobra between your, uh, your legs when you do that. And then. King Cobra, wow. What? It's like the trashiest the 40, malt. The 40, yeah, it's like the 40, trashiest like malt, malt liquor. <laughs> yeah, I did not experience that part of That's high like school. That's like a step but... below Mickey's. <laughs> yeah. I fuck with it. <laughs> okay, and then my last song, because it's an homage to one of the best movies of all time, Cindy Lauper's Time After Time, because sometimes you need to pull Romeo and Michelle and just do awkward ballet dancing to make you feel better. Preach. Standing ovation. <laughs> Fantastic. For, for the first mood, playlist. you knocked it out of the park. Yeah. Well, now I have to follow that somehow. All right. Let's see what we got. <clears throat> that gum you like is coming back in style. <laughs> <laughs> what? True heads will know. <laughs> Day ones. <laughs> well, um, I think I want to tell another story about this because I've been waiting for this gum to come back in style for a long time. I was really embarrassed to go in and buy Big League Chew because you don't see it anymore. But now everyone has got a bag. And you know what? I've been waiting by iHeart Mackinac, Lil Peep, and Fallout Boy. <laughs> I've been waiting up. That is the weirdest roster of artists. <laughs> <laughs> Truly. It kind of works, though. And only one third of them are dead. Oh Moving on. <laughs> Fun facts, really. So now that the waiting is gone and I know this is happening, I'm really excited. So it's Time to Party by Andrew WK. Yeah. <laughs> Just nice. party metal for three and a half minutes. Let's do this. And then I buy the bag and I take a big handful of what I only assume is gum that has gone through a wood chipper. You're gonna, and your, I, your jaw is going to be so sore. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, that was a really big problem for early baseball players, but at least it wasn't tobacco. But you know what? It's so juicy by the notorious B.I.G. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? Move on. <laughs> I am going to share this moment with my best friend. So I hand them the bag and I say, Bon Appetit by Katy Perry featuring Migos. Oh my god. <laughs> I know that's not what she's talking about, but we can we can morph it a little bit. You hear what you want to hear. You can do whatever you want with that song. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> that was a, a unique playlist for a unique mood. Yeah. yeah, that was a very unique um, mood. You ever okay. just really want Big League Chew to come back? <laughs> It didn't go anywhere, by yeah, the way. It really didn't. Get, I see it all the time. You can get it at any 99 cent store. They yeah. have a subscription service. <laughs> it's in the aisle at Michael's The Big League Big stuff. Box? Gumbox. Gumbox. <laughs> Literally everywhere. Are you sick of going to the store and interacting with humans? <laughs> you just miss Blockbuster. You get a monthly curation of gums. Artisan gums. <laughs> Artisan. All right. I will go grab from the hole of pot. The pothole. All right. <laughs> 
You're going to tell me to move on. <laughs> Keep moving. <laughs> Moveon.org. You're on a first date, and out of nowhere, they admit that they don't like the princess bride. The word trash is used. Express yourself in song. I wrote that one. Did you yeah, really? Yeah. This is Anthony's Did writing because I to you? needed a magnifying glass. I think that's when you get up and leave the date, though. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm asked to express myself in the song, so I am going to express myself. Whether that means any of this will go down, this is how I'm going to express myself. So I, um, I'm going to start out. First of all, I'm taken aback by that sentiment because I was a. It's an important film, and so um, I'm going to start off with the Brothers Johnson. Get the funk out of my face. <laughs> just first off, just right off the bat. I and need let you to know, know where I'm coming I from. To, yeah. <laughs> I always think it's good to get off on the right foot. Honest up front. But um, I'm going to go next with um, one from Rockpile uh, called Wrong Again. In parentheses, <laughs> let's face it. <laughs> no, no explanation. <laughs> wrong. <laughs> wrong again. You already picked a shitty restaurant. You already picked Firefly. We're already here City. at Olive Garden. Now you're going to tell me the Princess Bride <laughs> is no good. <laughs> So, Honestly, I'd uh, rather go to Olive Garden than Firefly. So next up, um, since I'm expressing myself, I'd never fight a date. But if I'm expressing myself, I'm going to go with Zach Fox, Square Up. <laughs> I don't know if you guys have heard this one yet. It's so good. Square uh, Up. <laughs> and we're going to finish it off. If this person, um, if I run into this person again, I'm going to let people know. I mean, I'm going to spread the word. So... <laughs> Uh, I'm going to go with Reputation Amputation by Jack Ladder. <laughs> and that's the end of it. <laughs> Should have called them in instead of calling them out. <laughs> there you have it, oh folks. Oh, my God. Yeah. Worst first date. Oh. You no, know, but it's a little inconceivable that anyone would dislike that movie. That's ha, enough ha, out of you. Ha. All right. Ha. Ha. <laughs> Well, I think it's last call. <laughs> well, my name is Anthony Kozlowski. You I'm killed my podcast. Prepare to die. Boo. All right. So before Gerald kicks us out of this bar, any sort of lingering thoughts about the talking heads about Stop Making Sense? Any lyrics you like that you would get as a, a lower back tattoo? <laughs> An inner any, thigh tattoo? Any questions? <laughs> <laughs> any questions? Oh, fuck. Alex, you look like you had something. Yeah. Well, when we were talking about how annoying the drummer's shirt was, I also remembered. When you were talking about how annoying. <laughs> I remembered when we were talking about something else that this other thing really annoyed me about the wardrobe. Um, that was like clearly not a mistake, but it's just like not real. So this is such a weird annoyance, but... Uh, when all of this, when all of the crew members come out to like bring different stage pieces on onto the stage, they're all wearing dress shoes. Really? Yeah. What? Oh, I didn't notice that at all. And I was just like, I don't think I've ever worked with a single person on tour who wears <laughs> dress shoes on stage. Some people used to consider concerts an occasion. <laughs> <laughs> And I just kept watching it and like laughing, like clearly they were told that they had to wear yeah, them. Yeah. 
That's so funny. I did not notice that. Wow. I didn't notice that well, at all. Well, I noticed really strange things like that because it's what I do. But <laughs> I just was dying because I was just like, they must have hated that so much. Oh, like, gosh, yeah. You're going to be on screen for two minutes. I need you to dress like this. <laughs> yeah. I need you to wear all black, but you can't wear black Nikes. You have to wear. <laughs> if there was like Yelp back shoes. then, it would be like, yeah, David's cool and all, but you have to wear dress shoes. So just like know that ahead of time. Uh, <laughs> figure it out. Borrow some from your friend. I don't care what you do. <laughs> Here's my back tattoo. I love this line from Cross-Eyed and Painless. Uh, lost my shape trying to act casual. Mm, that's how I gained 40 pounds. I <laughs> my weight fluctuates, so I'm constantly losing my shape. <laughs> trying to be casual. <laughs> I, I think for mine, I'm just going to go back to what I said earlier. It's that Roger Ebert quote that I love so much that I feel like pretty much describes the entire feeling of watching this this show, which is uh, a Talking Heads concert is a lot like rock and roll crossed with Jane Fonda's workout. There you go. That was pretty good. Mm -hmm. Roger Ebert's face would be a good one, too. <laughs> Next to that quote. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we're about to sign off here. Uh, Alex, you got anything you like to plug? Anything you're working on people should follow? It's very off-brand for this entire conversation, but I no longer tour, and I own a home decor and refurbished furniture company. Whoop so follow us at Wallflower House. And they do really good stuff. Environmentally um, friendly. And if I earned a little more money, I for sure would decorate my entire house with your stuff. Thank you. One day, one day, it'll be a wallflower house. Ha ha it's just gonna ha! Be, it's just gonna be like a showroom. <laughs> You're gonna have to like let them use it. I mean, that's every like week. what my house is. <laughs> Another reason to check out Wallflower House is that most of the pieces are modeled by your two little wiener dogs. Oh yeah, we make a pet line um, because we can't not because me and my business partner are obsessed with animals and dogs and um, my two little wiener dogs and her dog who's this strange looking mutt who's adorable. Um, they model all of our bandanas and collars and <laughs> dog beds. Nice. Wholesome awesome. content. It's very wholesome. and When you need a break. Fantastic. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Tunes and Tumblers. Tunes and Tumblers is an Atwood Magazine podcast. Be sure to follow Atwood on all of our socials and follow Tunes and Tumblers on Instagram at Tunes and Tumblers or on Twitter at Tunes Tumblers. Tunes and Tumblers was produced as always by Drew Franzblau. Our theme song is Longing by Joaquim Karud. And until next time, cheers. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. 
Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any fantasy points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that fantasy points has to offer. That's fantasypoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. Fantasypoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points. 